Greetings. Welcome to In Conversation with Trevor, brought to you by Heart and Soul Broadcasting Services. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. Today, I'm in conversation with Ryan Katai, the founder and chief executive officer of FarmHeart and Quinji. If you enjoy this conversation, remember to subscribe, like, and share. Katai, welcome to In Conversation with Trevor. Thank you, Trevor, and for inviting the Rasta. <laughs> oh, First Rasta on the show, I think. Oh, Winky D. Uh, Winky D, and, and, and uh, yeah. Um, well, you, you've actually, uh, you know, planted an idea in my mind. So mm. we go to the hair. Um, and the way we're going to go to the hair is, the, the headmaster of George Stark, Masimba Mupawayenda, um, has sparked, you know, what people call controversy by shaving people that appear, that come to, pupils that come to class with their hairstyles like yours. What's your response to that? Um, <clears throat> so I think for me, even talking about this, um, you know, it, it brings a lot of anger inside me. Um, to be, okay, to start with, the headmaster is not right to physically touch a student, right? If, if, you know, I took it from the point that if I were a parent, right, and my kid was touched mm-hmm. and touched in such a humiliating manner, knowing someone else is recording a video, right? Whatever, you know, whatever reason the person is doing, that angers me. That is against any law I think is valid in this country mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think the parents should sue the school mm-hmm. to begin with. Secondly, Hey, hey, um, you know, we have been, we as a society just don't want to grow and evolve, right? Um, we came from a post-colonial, pre-colonial era where we had our own hair, different types of them, long, short. I, I don't even think many people did short hair because we didn't have many instruments to cut the hair, right? Then we had the colonial era where we had standards, uh, your, your hair should be neat, cut this short, etc. Right? Then we are still carrying on that. So my question was now: if there was a person of different color to me, a black person, learning at that school, was were they going to be subjected to the same conditions? Mm. Right? You know, I've met a number of you know different races. They have their hair in different directions, shapes, and flows. Right? And they accept that's acceptable. But then you take a black kid and you say your hair should be short. For what reason? And if there is a law to sustain that, what then what's the design of the short hair? Is it supposed to have this cut? And which means it's it's upset, it's barbaric, it's it angered me, mm. Trevor. Even now I can sense the emotion. It did. Mm. It angered me. And it's one of the reasons why I even put my hair. Because people wouldn't take meetings with my co-founder. Because it Rasta. And I was like, okay, fine. If you want Ryan because it's short hair, then you're going to meet Ryan with the Rasta. Then we see whether we're going to have the meeting or not. Because we can do business with people with such stereotypes. And I think as, as a young people, 
that are coming and even the Gen Z that's there now, it's that kind of mentality that you just want to put into them that your hair doesn't matter, your height doesn't matter, your weight doesn't matter. All that matters is who you are as an individual, your authentic self, be you. And after that, can we see actual actual value coming from the people that you're actually, um, you know, trying to represent or mm. even acknowledge? Mm. Well, what, what about, and I hear you completely, mm-hmm. but my, my, my issue there is, what about a bit of order? What about a bit of rules? Um, don't, shouldn't we have rules and a bit of order? Uh, that comes from the home and comes to the school. You shall not drive on the left, right hand of uh, the road and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, let's have, you know, uniforms. And what's, what's your sense as far as that is concerned? So, um, you know, there, there hasn't been a scientific study concerning that, but on uniforms, yes, there's been scientific study. I support uniform personally, uniforms, because, you know, people come from different backgrounds and, you, you know, you have in casual, they, you know, it's going to create classes. And there's an, there's an edge where people are still growing personally and that impacts them so much. Mm. When it comes to stuff like hairstyles, um, et cetera, I mean, how, okay, fine. We've had these rules over, I think, a century now, or we can even go back. People are still driving on different on, on, on that other side of the road. People are still, you know, we've seen the, the records of crime that are going on. It means it's not doing anything, right? And what I've seen in, per se, you know, take public schools in Europe or even in America. They, they wear casual. They dress the way they like and how they want to, right? But they still breed the Mark Zuckerbergs, ETC, who drop out of the schools. So... There is no formula to say, if you want to bring order, let's have a uniform. We're not in the army. Mm. We are civilian citizens, right? So if you want to have the people who work and who are creative, don't put them in a box because now they're defined by the box they're put in, um, which is, I think, something that has been ingrown in me because I went to a mission school. So I know the rules. I, at 6 a.m., I'm at work. And, you know, I know inter- I have inter- I can't eat before, you know, one o'clock because I would eat lunch every day for nine years at a boarding school at one. <laughs> so I can't eat after one. I can't eat before one. So it's stuff like that. And as an individual, I feel like I've been put in a box. Exactly. Mm. And how do you want me to compete mm. with a kid who after school goes to some PE stuff, you know, goes to some, you know, some creative mm. piano lesson. Mm. How am I going to compete with that? Mm. When after wow. all that, I'm still in that box, Trevor. Wow. Well, which takes me to the, another interesting uh, aspect of your life. Yeah. You have started two companies, Farmhut. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, and Quinji. Yeah. Co-founder of Farmhut and Quinji partner. Um, you are studying. What is Ryan? Are you an entrepreneur or a student or you're doing all? Talk to me about that. So I think I'll take you back. Um, I grew up, I grew up with my dad, um, a loving man he was. Um, so my father, my father always had, you know. He's late now. Yeah, he's late. Okay. May um, so rest in peace. May he continue to rest mm. in peace. Yeah. Uh, so he always projected through me, right? So is that is that, you know, walking to school 10 kilometers without shoes, you know, those kind of stories. Is that is that had Mashona, right? Kind of uh, guy. So when he started making it, 
he always pushed me to a point of doing 15 subjects at O level. The point of, you know, up until I said no at it, it, it A level when he was like, you know, do five subjects. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that, right? But then what he always wanted through me was to see what the vision that he could have been himself had he been afforded the opportunities, right? And, you know, he had always told me, you know, I want to take you to the best schools in the world. You know, we started applications to Harvard. We started, you know, Stanford, Yale, ETC, you know, the Ivy League. It was like, you know, I don't even need a scholarship. I'm going to pay for your, um, you know, your education. And I was like, wow, you know, this painting, this picture painting that my father is giving me. Then he passed on the same time I was supposed to start fasting. A lot of things happened and I found myself not in school, very good grades, stuck. I managed to wiggle my way. I went into NAST, um, struggled so much, Trevor, very, very much. Very, which is why I'm very sincere about students, about people and their stories. I struggled so much. And then one day, you what, know... What, what do you mean you struggled so much? Unpack that for us. You know, it's university. It's that time in your life when you're like, freedom, right? I can stay out, you know, as, as, as long as I want, I can... I can, I can, you know, I can drink, I can be, I can be a young person. I couldn't afford a bottle of whatever, lager or something. And I wanted to start experimenting as well. You know, everyone wants to do it. I couldn't. People were going for road trips. I couldn't. couldn't Because you couldn't afford it. I didn't have money. Money to buy lunch. Lunch was a dollar and 50, dollar then 50 cents that time. I couldn't. I was surviving off through my best friend. You know, and other people. It was hard. My stepmother was also trying. But then you'd see she's struggling, this woman. Up to a point when, you know, I came back and, you know, we we always had that conversation at home. Like, Ryan, I don't think we can still keep on doing this. Then I went into WhatsApp. So I started going into WhatsApp groups, 200 something people of them, sending them, you know, copying and pasting my, my message. One, 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 every one of them. I even sent a message to Temam Liswa, then an email as well, right? This is my story. This is my struggle. Can you please help me? So I sent to a number of people. Fortunate enough, one of the people I sent the message to actually worked at Zimra, uh, a charity fund. They ran at Zimra. And I was like, Ryan, your story. Little back. can you come and meet me? I went to Zimra. They wouldn't allow me up. They were like, the way you're dressed, no. I was like, you know, I'm waiting for him. Call him to come down. And I was like, I don't have airtime. You know, I, I can't call him. I don't have airtime. So I waited then, waited. Up until he was coming down and we actually, you know, we actually met there downstairs. He was actually going somewhere else. He was like, Ryan, he said, no, sure. He came down. He saw me and was like, Ryan. And he was like, climb up. You know, we had an interview with, you know, set selection process after that. And I got on a scholarship. I was like, God, I mean, and I was about to quit, Trevor, I was about to quit. I was like, no. And then I got a scholarship. And after that, it was the hand of God. (laughs) After that. So am I a student or an entrepreneur? We started format when, before I got the scholarship, when we were still in that struggle. You know, for me, it was a way to remember the people I lost, I lost my grandmother, I lost my, my father, I lost my grandfather. The only thing that kept, that kept my memory alive was our farm. We always went there. I always hated every time we went there. 
right? I didn't like it at all. Why? Um, Trevor, uno mukauchi sakura, uno. It it was for me, and and you know, other people we got back to school, you'd be talking about. Um, you know, we went to Joina was very popular then. Went to Joina, went to KFC, went to, and you were like, okay. People would be like, we went to South Africa, and you'd be like, no, no, no I was Kenyazura, no network, no phone. That was my life, and I hated it. But then after that, I was like, no, 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 this is that's me. That was me. Wow, that's me. What a story. We're going to take a break here, um, Ryan, and please join us for this fascinating. Uh, life story from Ryan Katani. I'm always thinking if my dad was alive, if my dad was alive, and I'm at this point where it's so dark, I just want to give up. And I'm very, sim- I'm very uh, empathetic to people, Trevor, who commit suicide. Um, never judge them because I've been to that dark place. That one call, she was like, Ryan, I'm going to sell whatever I can sell. And I'm going to pay that money. Imagine getting free access to the Newsday, the Standard, the Zimbabwe Independent, and the Weekly Digest for a full month. Well, you can. And all you need to do is download the Newsday e-reader app on Google Play Store or scan the Newsday QR code in any of the AMH print publications and start enjoying the quality content. Welcome back to this very passionate conversation with Ryan. So, Ryan, you're telling us about how you hate, hated going to the farm. Um, And and as you're talking, I was reminded of, uh, I still have memories of how I hated um, being in in the rural areas, (laughs) being in the rural areas with my grandmother and and grandfather. But uh, um, I visited Gwanda um, in December and it still was emotional. Nice. Um, yeah, 30, 30 years after after that. Why did you hate going to, to, to the farm? You know, as a young person, um, growing up in this age, because we grew up in the 2000, early 2000s, um, TVs were becoming popular, DVDs, ETC, people were starting to travel. I just wanted that exposure. You know, I just want, I, I'm fascinated by the city. I'm that kind of a person. And at the farm, there was no network. It was so silent. It was just scary, you know. I'm no laughing, but I know it's emotional for you. <laughs> um, yeah. Then you'd always, I, I think the concept of waking up at four to to go and work. I was like, why can't we just wake up at nine? Do it up until probably four. Why wake up at four? A.M. I mean, no, it was cold. It was, so it was, it, you know. It was just, it was just hard. Ryan is a rebel. I'm a rebel spirit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a rebel spirit. But there's beauty in that. But then I was, I I wasn't that now growing up, Mm. you know, I I was just subjective, you know, subject to. Let me rephrase rebel. Maybe the appropriate word is a free spirit. You don't want to be caged. It. Yeah. So with me, um, I like it. I, I always think creatively or otherwise, right? So I always feel kumpunyikitzika. So mm. if 
that's why I don't even attend conferences, seminars, etc. Because I'm going to be sitting there for like five hours, and I'm like, <sighs> right. So it's it's exhausting to be in an environment where you don't want to be because you know you're not going to be yourself. You're not going to gain anything. You're just going to be that. But then it did something to me yeah. being in that scenario yeah. and situation, which then translated when I went to, into university around my second to, into third year. When, you know, which, which university, Ryan? Nast. Nast. Okay. Yes, in Mlawai. And Mlawai to me is a special place. <laughs> we'll talk about place. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, I get to Nast. We, we, we're at Nast. I'm with my best friend. My best friend is always complaining. His name is Ashton, by the way. You know, Ryan, Ashton, we need to what's, find, what's Ashton's Ashton Bile, name? Ashton Bile. Mm-hmm. He's always like, Ryan, we need to find a way to make money. Otherwise, you know, I can't keep supporting the both of us. And the parents don't even know that, you know, they're sending him money for his own upkeep and he's also sharing it with his friend. ETC, they don't even know. And he's like, we need to find a way to do something. Um, then we're like, ah, let's let's do, let's find it, let's find a company to start. You know, let's, 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 let's. Then he's like, oh, you're the creative one. <laughs> find something to do. Um, and deep in thought, Agriculture came to mind. I mean, that's the one thing I know to do physically. Um, but that's one thing you hated. Yeah. But then it's the skill that I actually know to do. Like, if I'm to do a skill physically, physical skill, like, you know, my mind is warped. If I'm, if I'm taught to do something, I will go and find work with my Michelle. And, uh, you know, Marichuno Maita Kusuganda Tsogam came. And that's how I was bred, right? So to me, agriculture became an, an entry point. But little did I know that this sector is so, so, so complicated than I, you know, even thought it to be. Because, you know, when we started, we wanted to do crowdfunding, um, ETC. Then into it, we learned there's so many regulations to that. And the word regulations, I couldn't even really pronounce or even give meaning to it at that time. And so that's when a lot of struggles started coming in. Uh, And Ashton was like, I'm just going to help you start this. But then... I'm not a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I want you off my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> off my budget. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, there, there, those, you know, some of those friends that you just meet in life, um, which is, my life has been a product of that. Mm. So when you ask me, are you a student or are you an entrepreneur? I, I, I stumble uh, because, you know, there's this time before I got the scholarship, I was owing you know, seven semesters. And, you know, I have a soft, I have a, I have a soft tongue. So I'd always go to the dean's office, um, either share Talk the tear or, <laughs> yeah. And she'd be like, Ryan, you know, just, just, you know, just make sure you pay up. Yeah. So this other day, it was pay up all, you know, oh. they're cutting you out. I give, I give one call. I always remember to my aunt. Um, I was, I was like, I owe almost, um, at that time it was almost, I think, 3,000 US dollars. Uh, because they were still charging fees in US dollars. I was like, I am owing this amount of money. You know, I'm always thinking if my dad was alive, if my dad was alive, and I'm at this point where it's so dark, I just want to give up. And I'm very I'm very uh, empathetic to people, Trevor, who commit suicide. Um, never judge them because I've been to that dark place. That one call, she was like, Ryan, I'm going to sell whatever I can sell and I'm going to pay that money. 
and I'm going to make sure you and your friend find another place. Well, I was sleeping on the same bed with my friend. It was a single bed like this. We're sharing that. The room was like, <laughs> this is big, mm. right? Then she was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to get to make sure that that fees is paid up. I'm going to borrow. I'm going to do anything. Then Ryan, that doesn't solve the problem. I'm going to try and make sure that you're as comfortable as you can be. You're too young to be thinking about this. Thinking about suicide. Thinking about suicide. Thinking about life even. You know, I was just at that point, Trevor, where mm. it's just hard. Mm. So my entrepreneurial journey is forged deep in emotion. To me, that's when I, I'm, I'm always at that point where when you find me online, I'm not about to spread hate. I'm not about to, I'm, even when you meet me in person, I might think that in my mind, like, ah, this person, but I'm not about to say it because I know what words do to people. That single call changed the way I saw life, mm-hmm. right? And she transferred the money the same day. Your aunt. Aunt. Yeah, my aunt. Um, we found the house next day. The rent was paid up. ETC, ETC. My life just just took a switch. And don't tell you this. Um, I started affording to drink. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not listening, you're not watching this aunt? <laughs> She's not going to watch this, yeah. I hope. Um, yeah. Um, so it was, it, was, it was that moment mm-hmm. when Farmat made meaning to them. Because to me, I was like, this is my purpose. Um, I, I studied chemical engineering. Um, and, you know, it's a five-year degree. It's so hard. It's so difficult. Did you, did you finish, by the way, with NAST? Um, I deferred um, okay. in my final, final semester. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was either I go to the U.S. or okay. I stay on and finish. And you're also doing engineering with the University of Arkansas. Yes. Okay. So I went to Arkansas to do engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... They were a bit related, but then the mm. credits weren't transferable. Mm. So I couldn't then graduate at NAST. Mm. But then to me, it was a great trade-off mm. because I don't think I'm going to work in the chemical engineering field. Um, you know, there's a, there's a point when you're trapped in a program that you don't even like, that you don't even want to like. Why don't you drop out completely? I mean, uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg did the same thing. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what's his name? The Apple guy. They, they, they. So I'm reading a book uh-huh. uh, recommended by our our good friend Chad Marco. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I like Chad. Um, by the way. Zero to one, yep. and um, uh, Mr. Thiel is very passionate about the irrelevance of uh, university education, and that uh, the best education is high school, and you then go towards what you what you want. So why are you continuing with your engineering degree? To, to start with, it's one of my favorite books. Oh. <laughs> um, so Mr. Theo gives people uh, $100,000 mm. to drop out of school. For me, it's not about the money side of it. For me, finishing university, okay, there are many people that helped me throughout this journey. Yeah. The main people would call, please send me equal cash. I don't have money to buy food. Please, please this, please that. All those people. So I was like adopted by the community. So finishing the degree is honoring. Yes. Okay. It's it's not for me. Okay. It's for the community. Plus, there's one message I want. I just want to rebuke. Right. 
It's not bad to be educated and be successful. There's nothing wrong with being educated. After this, I'm going to go for my MBA. And even a doctorate, I would want to be called professor, right? Um, you know, billion dollar worth professor Ryan, I would want that, mm. right? Because the perception that people should leave school and not, you know, go for along this entrepreneurial journey, it's so misconstrued. Mm -hmm. Because for you to be in this entrepreneurial journey itself, you also need that level of school to be able to be even to, to even be conversant, mm. you know, on a number of topics or even. Right. So with Farmhut right now, um, what does Farmhut do? What does Farmhut do? Just just break it down for us. So Farmhut is a data company. Mm -hmm. um, and what Farmhut is trying to build <clears throat> right now, we we don't have mechanisms to measure the data that is coming from our agricultural um, sector. So to begin with harvest, we have projections. Right. That's why you see government is projecting this. Yeah. Government is projecting that. But that is based on the data points that people, people are going to bring it to the GMB or the national storage. We measure how much has been brought into the national storage. We're going to do government programs. We measure with the people that we've given or are part of the, pro of the programs. But then there are so many farmers in Zimbabwe that even the government cannot fund, even if they wanted to, because there's just so many that they don't even know about. Right. So all those people are being productive, but then we can't even measure that. So there is so much we're missing out. And what hurts the most is that most of our systems are still paper based. So if you were to go and you're like, can you tell me how much you've produced, like soya, how much soybeans we've produced ever since this period to this period? The data is going to be based on the GMB and, you know, their programs the measurements of their products, of their projects. But then you don't have a national, a national overview, like what do we have? So now it defeats the purpose of being productive as a nation because why are you choosing wheat mm. over soya beans mm. or mm. over potatoes? We don't have the data. There is no data to support that. Okay. We're just using historical beliefs. So what does FAMHAT do? What's so FAMHAT now is is creating interactive interactive platforms. So right now we have um, my my favorite platform, the Umdumeni, mm. uh, on WhatsApp. Um, it's a closed sample of fifty five thousand users um, who use it almost every day. Right. All they're doing is logging in. I've planted this, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Um, then if they want to check if they're like we have a disease identification, then it gives you automatically gives you recommendations. Now, these recommendations have been watered down to like go to your seed core, get this, go to your, you know, get this chemical, get that. So it's it almost gives them agricultural extension services. Yes. Mm. But without replacing mm. the physical dominions. Mm. You find so over time now we can we can identify we have farmers in Matibeland. Mm. This is what they're doing. We have farmers in this region, in this region, in mm. this region. Mm. This is what they're doing. So when you're funding projects now, you see, okay, fine, from Vudza we did this, mm. but it didn't work. But then you need data to know it to worked change or policy. it didn't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we're driving at. But then to do that would take years. I think we're now two years in on that. Yeah. Um, so we also do markets. So one thing that always fascinates me is Mbari Msika. Mbari is, um, <laughs> um, I think if we brought Harvard, MIT researchers to Mbari, they would smile to the, to the, to, to the throne. You know, there's so much analysis yeah. data in Mbari Msika, 
right? Um, and we were actually having a conversation at the time when you we were saying, you know, how much really is transacted at Mbarim mm. every day? And we're talking millions, yeah. right? But then we cash. Cash. And we can't even measure that. We can't even, we can't even do anything. But then one thing that's said is that Mbarim sets the prices. So Mbarim wakes up today, before the farmers, you know, this is going for how much? You don't argue. You when the market opens, that's the price it's opening. It's at. almost like a stock market. Yes. So it sends ways now to everybody. So even farmer now, when you're when you're selling to our customers, we're like, Mbari is judging this. So even if you as a farmer you're bringing this, you can't be below Mbari price. So mesh up with Mbari. We're taking to the consumer. The it consumer empowers the producer. It, impo- it imposes the producer, but at the same time, it can, you know, in as much as it can ri- raise the market, it can also take it take down. It down, yeah. You know, sometimes they're like, you know, cabbies are not dollar for five. Mm-hmm. And because there's an so, oversupply. Not really. Not really. Sometimes they just, they just create. Yeah. But I suppose, know, this I confusion. suppose, Ryan, at the bottom of what you, you, you're saying to, to us is that the importance of data yes. in our agriculture, if not in any, everything that we yeah. do. And secondly, um, using technology rather than being paper-based in this, in this environment. Yeah. We shall stop there for a while and, and take a break. Please join us after the break for this fascinating conversation with Ryan. We don't necessarily need money. That's the honest truth. But then it's the environment. It's the environment, right? The money we need the consumers, the customers have, right? We need the laws to align to the times. Coming back and joining us for this conversation with Ryan Katai. Ryan, one com- other company that you formed is Quinji. I love the name. Um, what, is, what does Quinji do and what's the inspiration behind Quinji? Um, so with Quinji, um, so my co-founder, my former co-founder um, is Mnyarad Makosa, by the way. Very great guy. Um, very young, younger than me. I think four years younger than me. Mm. Uh, I'm 26. He's 22. Which means when we started working together, it was like 18 or something, mm. 19. Creative guys. <laughs> Amazing. They, yeah. Um, so uh, we are all traveled for our age, I yeah. think. Um, and whenever we travel, we try and suck in as much of the culture. The, like we try and suck out every life that that city has. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the center of all that life, one thing we've managed to see is commerce. Right, um, you want to buy something? You can just go online, go on DoorDash, go on, like, go on something. When you came back to Zimbabwe, all the time it was set, right? Because I don't like cooking, by the way. Um, I don't like cooking, so I'm stuck, you know, at, at 8 p.m. and I just realized, oh, I have to eat. But then I don't want to cook. At the same time, you don't want to, you know, drive to go and get food. But the platforms where you can order, I just know they mm. are minimal, mm. right? And one of those things that I was like, let's try and do something was 
the e-commerce space, right? Mm -hmm. People have a lot of things they want to sell. People with a lot of things they want to buy online. And right now people are starting to have Visa cards, you know, MasterCard and so forth, right? Why can't we give people the opportunity to pay using PayPal, right? And that's when you're like, let's create a platform. Let's create Quinji. We created Quinji and we were faced with one of the most stressful um, situations in our lives. Um, we were handling, we tried finding out, you know, people who can help us with last mile delivery. Um, there were not many. And, we, you know, the costing itself, you know, ETC, then we're like, let's buy our own bikes. Let's try and see how it goes. The capacity we couldn't manage, right? The capacity of it. So that's when I was like, you know, and even when I always, like, when I try to talk to other entrepreneurs, I'm, I'm always like, don't be afraid to copy, right? Check what America is doing. Do it because we're like 20, 40, 100 years behind. So even if you take what's working in Japan and bring it here, right? Even if it takes you five years to make it work, Zimbabwe is going to catch up and it's going to catch up very soon. But then when it does catch up, make sure you have figured out what you're supposed to be doing. So that's where, that's where Quindy is, right? It's within that precipice of Amazon coming to Africa, people becoming more familiar with e-commerce, Facebook introducing um, their web, the, 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 um, the marketplace, mm. um, you know, people knowing that they can actually order online and stuff can be delivered. Mm. So it was within that big point now when we're like, Quindy is going to be one of the biggest e-commerce platforms in Zimbabwe, right? And it's data that's speaking, right? And we're just going to give it time. And one thing that we're doing right now is we're lim limiting orders. We take five orders, we take 10 orders, take 15 orders per day. And people are buying your iPhones for a thousand something. People are buying... Very, Using Quinji. Yes. And the most of all, our bestseller, alcohol. Wow. Right? People are drinking in a red river. And Using Quinji. Like, yes. So you, you, you use the app and then you deliver. You just order on the, on the, on the platform yeah. and we deliver to you. Okay. Um, How many motorbikes do you have now? Um, we have about seven. Seven motorbikes. But we are, we are actually, it's actually, it's actually not working. Okay. They, they, it's not enough. It's not enough. Okay. Right. And when you try and outsource a delivery, last mile delivery service, it also, you know, there, there isn't many of them in Zimbabwe and the costing mm. issue now becomes, mm. you know, we can't transfer that to the consumer mm. because it well, what, what is expensive. it that you need now to scale up both Quinji <sighs> and FarmHut? So... With farm, I'll start with format. So I, I mean, our problems, as as our both problems, both companies have similar problems. It's not money. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think you're familiar that we raised, I think, um, almost two hundred thousand now, right? For farm hard, queen, you're bootstrapping it from our pockets. Um, we we don't necessarily need money. That's the honest truth. But then it's the environment. It's the environment, right? The money we need, the consumers, the customers have, right? We need the laws to align to the times. Wow. We, we, need, we need specific zones where you're like, Zesa doesn't go here, right? Because we have our startups that are working in this region. Take, take Katoma, right? Make it a startup hub, zero taxes for startups that list their startups in, in Kaduma, right? So what, what, what laws would you right now say <sighs> need to be changed to facilitate the growth of uh, uh, both Farmheart and, and Quinji? So um, Nigeria has tried it. Um, they passed on their startup bill. India okay. has done it. Okay. So what you specifically need to do is to designate a zone, 
right? Then you're like, Delaware, what Delaware does, mm, right? Yes. So you register within this specific region, mm. you have these incentives, right? Um, let's take, for instance, petrol. You get subsidies. We're giving startup subsidies for fuel. We're giving startup subsidies for Wi-Fi. So if you're subscribing as a startup to Taiwan okay. or so, okay. so this then boosts. So it's it's a it's a legislative environment that enables yes. startups. Yes, it's an ecosystem that's uh, conducive to the to startups. Yes. Then you also bring in research to the fold. So we have our NAST, we have our mm. Marendra University, the one for agriculture. We have our UZ, mm. right? On a scale of one to ten, how? Happy or unhappy are you with the environment? Miners, <laughs> Trevor, mm. I'm not happy. Mm. But then I can live at the same time because mm. I'm one of those vanavevu. I don't believe it will happen. It will work. Mm. If I are you do getting it, any whoa. traction from anywhere? Are you getting any positive? So the issue is we are actually getting a lot of traction. Our users are massive. Um, yeah, I mean on the legislative environment. On the list, is anybody um, no. listening to you? Uh, no, no. Um, I think I've always also questioned about the role of parliament even, right? Do we just sit there and argue about nothing? About things that are not that relevant doesn't to even affect the common me. person. We, that, that's one of the reasons why I'm not interested in politics, right? Because whichever party is coming to pitch to me, you always miss the point to me of what you want, of what I want from you, right? I don't want, I want money. I want, I want anything. Just create an environment, right? Just make sure that if Ryan is to get an investor, a VC, they are going to, and it's something that saddens me. We've lost a lot of potential investments. Just the moment I mention the word Zimbabwe, Right? Why? Because I have to give them a whole lecture, Trevor, about mm. so Zimbabwe this, Zimbabwe that. No, no, no. It's not as bad as you think. No, 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 no. Please, please you get me. Mm. So it's it's Rwanda has done it. Mm. Rwanda has done it. Just invest twenty million, forty million in peer. So, so Ryan, I, I hear your frustration yeah. around Quinji and um, and Farmheart, the regulatory environment, the ecosystem for, yeah. for young people starting business. And I, the, the point you raise about the politicians not getting what you want is so important. Uh, I hope the politicians listening out there, both in ZANU-PF and uh, CCC, MDC, uh, get this, that they are not addressing the needs of young entrepreneurs such as you. Do you, do you want to speak more on that? I mean, it's, it's simple. Right. Um, I know I know there's a lot of things going on. This there's been a lot of things going on ever since I was born, right? My opinion on that doesn't matter. Mm. But what matters is facts, mm. right? Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa re received over 90% or 95% of all the total funding that came into Africa, removing probably Egypt with the Womena region, right? Kenya, some years back, wasn't as much different as, as you but know, things have compared changed. to Zimbabwe. Yeah, I've been to Nairobi a lot of times. I love Harare more. I mean, I, mean, I think Harare is more beautiful. Mm -hmm. When I look at that, I cry inside because the, all they've managed to do is to create a narrative, to create a story, right? Rwanda, I always laugh whenever people are like, Rwanda is better, Rwanda is this. It's PR. 
I mean, have you been to Kigali? Yeah, it's nice. Mm. But have you been out of Kigali? Mm. Have you ever had anyone talking about anything other than Kigali? No. Right? So we can do the same here. Fine. We don't want to bundle it as Zimbabwe. Just give us Kadoma. Mm. Or the amount I'm doing that you had been talking about it being a cyber city. Give us something. Right? Then we can drive this economy. Right? We can get, as entrepreneurs, we can get over 10 billion into this country. FDI. Other countries are doing it. Mm. India has done it. Mm. Right? We can do it here in Zimbabwe. But then you can't also both be mingling micro and macro. Mm. Right? When your macro economic policies are put, why are you not thinking about the micro? Because I, I was actually on a call with an investor at the same time, the next day, Mtuli, uh, Professor Mtuli, the minister, yeah. announced the whole, uh, you know, you can't get, you know, banks this, you can't borrow, you can't, that whole announcement, right? Then the next day is like, I heard your banks are shut down. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not even what he said. Then he was like, no, no, I heard your banks are shut down. Your banks are not operating for the They're next- They're not lending. He didn't even say lending. Mm. The message he got was, shut down. banks are shut down. Mm. So I was like, our messaging is terrible. Yes, right? Package it in a way mm. that the ordinary people can understand. Then have a different packaging that you send out to different uh, partners, countries even, because that directly now affects the, 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 the entrepreneurs that we have yeah, here. Absolutely. Um, you have your work, um, yeah. Ryan, has been recognized worldwide. I mean... For me, that says a lot. I try. Uh, your work has been recognized worldwide. Young uh, Zimbabwean who is passionate. You have gotten some awards. You've gotten some funding. Uh, as briefly as possible, where have you gotten this from? As briefly and as possible. Why? <laughs> um, so we've been recognized internationally a lot uh, from Silicon Valley um, to New York to London. Um, that even, that even, just even makes India. my heart sing. I mean, makes me so proud. Uh, what makes my heart sing more is I haven't been recognized more here than I've been recognized internationally. Amazing, isn't it? Um, it's sad. <laughs> um, but then I think, uh, so we've gotten, we've gotten funding from the Howard Prize. But here you are for us at uh, uh, in Conversation, conversation and, and Heart and Soul. This, this is a great award. This is a great award. For what you're doing. This is a great so, award. <laughs> uh, a, a huge pump pump to you. Thank yeah. you. So Silicon Valley and others? Um, yeah. So we've gotten, I've gotten funding from the Howard Prize, uh, from the USAID, um, from the Howard Prize give, gave you a big one, isn't it? Um, it was not as big as we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got how much? 200,000? 100,000. 100,000. Yes. Yeah. Um, then we got some grants from the USAID, from the Chamber of Commerce, mm. um, and some other, from the ILO mm. and other organizations. Um, it has been a, a great journey. Um, but then one I, I've had to withdraw from. Um, that's why you, so I think I had a period of silence yeah. um, last year. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult to, to there's a point where you outgrow, your, the, the, the image of you outgrows the actual you. So I'm still one who needs to learn, who mm. needs to, who needs to see to grow. a lot of things. Yeah, but yeah. then uh, the Ryan people think or see out there, is 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 very inflated, I can say. Um, so that also that also comes with its own mm. uh, stresses, which is why when you reached out, I was like, "Why is he inviting me there?" I mean, 
I watched because all your shows. Because you deserve to be here. So yeah. tell me, Ryan, primary education, where did you go? Uh, we're moving a lot. So Fakosi at Mutunokura. Yeah. Uh, then Warren Park 6, which was mm. still one of the best schools then. Mm. Um, then Mount Melody mm. uh, in Nyanga. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your big dream for uh, Farmart and Quinji? I mean, as I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm saying, how, how, why can't uh, we get you funded by the Thiel Foundation and, and all those other foundations? Because you're doing exactly what the companies mm-hmm. that they back do. Um, the big vision uh, with Quinji, it's going to be it's going to be acquired, but then it's going to become a tech a lot, uh, but then regionally, Zambia, ETC. Uh, for Farm Hut, this one I'm going to hold. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is closer. So to I'm going hand. to stay very close to you because <laughs> you get sold, I want commission. Yeah. And I'm staying close to you so that I get a bit of pocket money. No, definitely. <laughs> uh, definitely. You should you should actually try out the platform. It's it's actually interesting. We'll do. Yeah. We'll do. It's actually yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, we've been too serious for a long time. I want us to play a game. Yes. Um, um, I'll start with uh, Favorite City, um, New York or Bulawayo. New York City. <laughs> <laughs> favorite uh, gadget? My iPhone. Yeah. iPhone. Yeah, my phone. Your favorite app? Twitter. Hmm. Why? Um, people say a lot of um, stuff. Mm-hmm. People, people are authentic. There. People just say, you know, who they are. Even if they're using their ghost accounts, mm. people are really saying who they really are. Mm. So to me, it's the most authentic Townhouse, you can mm. ever be at. It's like a beer when everyone is shouting. Mm. Okay, a movie or uh, uh, music? Favorite movie? I watch a lot of movies. Mm. Uh, my favorite, I think, would be <sighs> Game of Thrones. Mm. Game of Thrones. Yeah. What's your favorite color and why? I'm I'm colorblind. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know names of many colors. Fascinating. I, That's exactly what I am. I have yeah. a problem telling telling colors. You know? I think I like pink. You like pink. Yeah. Interesting. You're going to ask why? Um, no, I'm not going to ask why. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, what's the thing that you that life has taught you? Your life, what has it taught you? Um, it has taught me that, it has taught me to, uh, it, it's oxymoric what it has taught me. Um, no one is coming, someone is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, no one is coming, someone is coming. Yeah, that, that's what life has taught me. Yeah. Um, it has taught me to always reach out. Um it has taught me to always be, never play victim. Mm-hmm. Um, never, 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 never say never. Mm-hmm. Never, never stop fighting. Never, like, it has taught me, like, mm-hmm. it has taught me that. And I think it was from that point, yeah. from that core. Yeah. Afterwards, after that, it is, that's why you see, you know, you know looking at me, you know, I'm fine, I don't need to say, because I'm always, 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 always looking at the next thing. What are we going to do? What are we, mm. Like, I'm always fighting, Trevor. Mm. What I want you to talk to um, our young viewers out there who are looking at Ryan uh, with this inflated image that they have, <laughs> but uh, now they've experienced you uh, listening to you, who are saying it's tough in this in this market, uh, yeah. Ryan. You've started Queens, you've started Farmhart. Well, what message do you have for the young people that are saying it's tough? I can't get up. It's tough. Um, I, I'm close to committing suicide. Yeah. It's it's tough. I don't have bus fare. It's tough. Um, I don't have the next meal. What message do you have? Because you you've kept going. What message do you have? I mean, I, I would like, I, I don't want to be motivational. Um, please don't take it as such. 
um, take it with a pinch of salt. Um, what I would say is I've lost everyone, almost everyone I ever felt like I loved, right? But I gained more over the journey. Um, never think what you're facing, you're in, you're in an isolated environment. Your situation is not the worst for, um, don't give up. I'll speak to that. Don't give up. Just always, always keep fighting. It will defeat you if you give up. Then secondly, given the environment that we are in, we are actually headed into a recession right now, uh, projected this year, globally. So it's going to be a difficult part of life, even harder than it was before. But then do what needs to be done. Tenge sama veggie. You know, we work with vendors. I know when it's at $20, $40 every day. Multiply that by 30. That's $1,200. Can I chichikunya Do that. Because it means no one else is willing to do it. But then the best of all, do not give up. Do not. Never. Thank you. Powerful. I just became motivational. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. Um, I'm going to stay very close to you. I'm going to be watching you because I think um, I've spoken to the first youngest billionaire that Zimbabwe has. <laughs> Thank um, you, Trevor. I'm speaking, I'm speaking that, that into, into your life. We, we love books on this show. So, you know, and our viewers all over the world love books. And I'm going to ask you to share at least three books, Ryan, that you've read that uh, have uh, helped you in your journey with life. So mine are a bit cliche. Yeah. Uh, but then the first one is The $100 Startup. Mm. Um, definitely read, read this, especially in this. By who? Um, it's, it should be Chris something. Okay. hundred dollar um, startup. The hundred dollar startup. Mm. So what, what it basically talks about is he talks about companies that you can start with a hundred dollars, successful companies that have been started with a hundred dollars and they've gone on to become one of the most valuable companies in the world. But then he waters it down to even SMEs, small businesses in America that are started by just hundred dollars. Mm. So he, he removes the, the, the point of saying, I don't have money. So whenever my thought process from then on was like, fine, we don't have money to do this project. What can we do? Fine, let's try and do one, two, three. You see, it gives you an alternative to, I don't have money, so I can't start. Mm-hmm. So try and read that book. Then obviously, um, Peter Thiel's Zero to One. Um, what a beautiful book. <laughs> it, it, um, one thing I like about it is his emphasis on tech, right? Which I think is going to, is already driving, but then it's also going to drive Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. right? You can become a monopoly if you don't have tech over it, um, which is why you find so many, companies are, so many companies are failing that don't have any tech to do with them are failing here in Zimbabwe. But then you find the likes of Econet are holding on fast. That's why you find... Uh, Teleso fell on that sword because their tech couldn't scale to that many subscribers. Yeah. So Peter Thiel's really was a reflection on... Practical too. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you want to grow something, always think, how can I put tech mm. to it? Because you're not going to hire 5,000 mm. people that tech can, you know, can do. 
The third book? The third book is Ikagai. Um, Ikagai. Ikagai. Yeah, I think it's uh, the guy is what, Michael or something? Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. two. Michael Muller, I can't spell the other name. Ikagai is, is so do you know the wheel of life? Yes. So yes. he took it in another perspective. It's about finding happiness. Mm-hmm. So he was saying there are things that the world needs, there are things that you're paid to do, there are things that you're passionate about doing, then there are things that you want to do. So you have to find a balance between those four things. Mm. Only then can you find total happiness. Mm. And it's also something that I struggle with because at any one point, the things I want to do are not the things that the world wants. <laughs> or, you know, so it's it's a, it's a really reflective book that I think um, an, an aspiring entrepreneur or even a business professional should watch because mm. many people are disgruntled in their jobs, in their careers, etc. cetera. Mm. Ikagai, how do we spell that? I-K-A-G-I. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's a Japanese concept. Wow. It's, it's very enlightening. Yeah. Mm. Ryan, what a conversation. <laughs> we, could, we could go on and on. Uh, I've learned so much from you, Ryan. You are, um, as we started, you're very authentic. You Thank are you. very passionate. You're very smart. <laughs> um, you're very smart. That's relative. And, uh, and uh, you have an amazing future. Absolutely amazing future. So proud of you. Um, like I said, my heart sinks when I speak to young people like you. Young people that Zimbabwe desperately needs. Young people that people in government and people in opposition ought to be enabling and empowering yeah. so that Zimbabwe changes. Yeah. It's when we have a hundred Ryans uh, doing what they're doing that this country is going to be amazing. Definitely. But we're not doing that. That's no, we're not. <laughs> we're not. Um, but Ryan, me, I'm staying close to you because, uh, you know, <laughs> I think uh, good things are coming from you. So thank you so much for creating the time. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, allow me to uh, uh, address our viewers, Ryan, who are all over the world who watch this uh, show every week. We are out uh, on Mondays, 7 a.m. Central African time on YouTube. To ensure that you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations such as this one I've had with uh, my big brother, Ryan, here, please click on this red button and subscribe. Remember to like um, sh- and, and to, sh- to share too. We, we watch, we, we, we rather read all your comments, uh, the suggestions that you make as to who should come on this, uh, on, on this show. We appreciate uh, the comments. We have created uh, podcasts for every conversation. Um, you find those podcasts on our website. Um, and uh, please uh, visit our website for your listening pleasure. Thank you for watching. Until next time, cheers to you all. Thank you.